Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. When you think about relationships, whether it's parent-child relationship, spousal relationship, girlfriend, boyfriend, buddies, what is probably the most important component of a relationship? And if you don't have that component, the relationship fizzles. What would it be? Can anybody tell me what it would be? All right, John said it, communication. I think everybody, if you whittle down the reality of a relationship, I think you would realize that if there is no communication, there's not going to be a relationship. In fact, you know, it's interesting, they've done studies as to what are the big three issues when people divorce. Number one issue, lack of communication. Number two issue, financial difficulties. Number three, sexual intimacy. And what they say with the third one is, is if there's no communication, if you're fighting, especially over finances, there's not going to be the third one. Those are the big three reasons why people divorce. Always at the top is the issue of communication. Why? Because if there's no communication, there's no what? There's no relationship. Now let's stop for a moment. We now we know you should now know this. Hopefully you know this is that when you talk about salvation, when you talk about coming to Jesus Christ as your Savior, folks, He didn't save you just to forgive you. If that's your concept of what salvation is, you've missed the boat. Yes, you are forgiven. Yes, you have eternal life. But He saved you in order to what? Have a relationship, reconcile with you. Did you do you not realize that one of the great concepts of salvation is reconciliation? That we are reconciled to God? What does that mean? To restore a relationship? You ever reconciled with somebody? That's what it is. It's talking about renewing the relationship. God wants to have a wonderful relationship with you and I. But the key component of that is what? Communication. Communication. Now, but here's the problem. We're talking about listening for God, and a key component of that is the relationship with God. But the problem is, is that we're defeated. The problem is, is that we live our lives in a state of defeat. Two things I want to point out about that state of defeat. First of all, one of the keys to listening for God in your life is prayer. One of the keys for listening for God in your life is prayer. I was reading the other day. I've been really uh, one of the, if you have the church app, if you don't have the church app, you got a device, you're missing out. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's got the prayer wall. You can hear what's going on as far as if you want to listen to a message or anything. But one of the things is the more section, which has several different devotionals. And I was reading in My Utmost for His Highest on the 19th, which was Friday. And, and he says this. I, wanna, I want you to listen to what he says, and then I'm going to tell you how I responded to it. 
my, my family was watching the Ant-Man movie at home. Yes, we're Marvel people. So we're watching the Ant-Man. And I've, I've seen it on the airplane. I've watched it with them before. You know, you ever seen a movie, you just kind of like you're drifting. So I thought, why not read Oswald today? Okay, so I'm reading Oswald. Here's what he said. Nothing is as important as staying right spiritually. Pretty good point, right? And the only solution is a very simple one. Come to me. The intellectual, moral, and spiritual depth of our reality as a person is tested and measured by these words. Come to me. What's he talking about? Those are the words of Jesus. Come to me. And it was almost like, to be honest with you folks, I was sitting there watching Ant-Man with the family, thinking about come to me. Not Ant-Man, thinking about come to me. Some dude shrinking and blowing up, shrinking and blowing up. I've seen it already. But the concept of come to me, and what what welled up within me, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, and I'm German, was a giddiness. Because I don't get giddy. Brad's like, what? A giddiness? It was an anticipation, because I knew the next morning I was going to come in here and I was going to pray, and it's like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to pray. Because you said to me, come to me. You want to have a relationship with me. See, the key to listening for God in your life is prayer. Prayer, praying. Let me me just kind of reduce it down. if, If we could get rid of the Bible word prayer, which we can't, and if we came up with another word, it's simply talking. Prayer is simply talking to God. We have in our minds, because we're used to seeing all kinds of other people praying and offering incense and bowing and all of that, we have this idea of it as being some kind of religious ritual. We've missed the reality of what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking to God. Prayer is, that's one of the key components, but here's the defeat that we have. For most Christians... Praying is a, is a struggle and extremely difficult. It ain't easy. You gotta work at it. You gotta work at it. It's like this morning. I, I came in here, turned on the coffee machine to make sure you guys had your brew, and uh, went down and heated up the water so to make sure you folks had your tea or hot cocoa. And I went in and turned my computer, had to do a new new uh, sign-up sheet thing. And I thought, okay, as soon as I'm done doing this sign-up sheet thing, I'm going to come up here and I'm going to spend some time this morning just talking with you, God, and praying. So I made the sign-up sheet, sent it to the printer. Then I went to the BBC News. And then to NBC News. And then I read about some swimmer finally apologizing. And then I read about this, and I read about that, and then it finally dawned on me, what are you doing? You said you were going to go pray. Why are you reading about some obscure fact in science that's on the news today? Does that benefit you? No. And I realize it's difficult, isn't it? We're easily distracted from praying. We struggle when we pray. 
See, that's, that's the problem we have is we're, we're defeated. But let's, get, let's just be honest. Is not prayer, talking to God, isn't that communication, isn't that key to any what? Relationship? See, we're, we're in this series, we're, we're wanting to discuss and talk about listening for God. We want to hear God's voice in our life. We, wanted, we want to be able to know what he wants for us. But part of listening is, is you also have to have a relationship, which means you've got to communicate. But the problem is, we really struggle with prayer. And I'm going to submit to you that the reason we struggle with prayer is because we've got a wrong approach. We've got a wrong concept, we've got a misunderstanding, we've got a wrong approach. So we're going to go back to something we just looked at a few weeks ago, but we're going to look at it from a different dimension. We're going to go back to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to just focus on four verses. And what these four verses are going to do is they're going to reveal to us the wrong approach to prayer and the proper approach. The wrong approach to prayer and the proper approach. And hopefully, listen to me, hopefully we can grab a hold of something and change the way we pray. Actually, let me just stop. You'll probably pray the same way, but change your approach to prayer. Look with me. Look with me at verse 5 of chapter 6. This is Jesus. When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the corners of streets, that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go in your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, for your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly." When you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to, we're going to take these four verses, and we're going to, again, we're going to look at the wrong approach, and we're going to look at the right approach, the wrong approach. Now, when we look at the wrong approach, what Jesus is doing in this section is this kind of, he's presenting what's wrong and then presenting what's right. Presenting what's wrong, he's contrasting that with what's right. So we see two different contrasts here. So from these two contrasts, let's talk about the wrong approach. First thing I want you to see is this. We view prayer as simply a religious exercise. We view prayer as simply a religious exercise. Where'd you get that from, George? Look look with me at verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they stand praying in the synagogues and on the corners of streets. So he's talking about hypocrites, those who like to portray something outwardly, but they're not really that on the inwardly. They just kind of are praying when they're, when it's appropriate when they're in a religious context. And so for them, prayer is just simply a religious exercise. It's meaningless. And let me just explain something to you. When you think about a relationship, and 
you think about communication, how far is that relationship going when it's just simply something you've got to do? Is it going to go far? So for instance, if you're, if you're in a relationship, a spousal relationship, and, 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 rela- and communication has been reduced down to, oh, it's dinner. I know I need to talk to her, or I know I need to talk to him. And, and, and you say the same things every day. So how was your day? Oh, wow, that's interesting. I mean, if you, if you communicate, if it's no intimacy there, no concern, and you're just going through the motions, where are you going in that relationship? Especially if they're talking at you and you're focused on, can I get all the peas on my fork? I know I asked a question, but that's just the routine. Where are you going in that relationship? Nowhere. Isn't that what a lot of people do? Think about your relationship with God. If it's just simply a religious exercise, if it's just simply something you're supposed to do as a Christian, there's no intimacy there with God. You're not expecting anything. In fact, I'll be honest with you. Look with me. The second thing I want you to see about the wrong approach, prayer becomes an issue of what we can get from it. Prayer becomes an issue of what we can get from it. Notice Jesus was saying with these guys when they pray, these hypocrites, when they pray, they're standing on the street corners, they're taking the best place in the synagogue so that people can look at them and talk about, ooh, aren't they spiritual? And it was something feeding their egos. They were praying for the simple fact of what they can get from it. You ever talk to somebody? And you realize real quickly that they just like hearing themselves talk. Ever been around somebody like that? Some of you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and their whole purpose of conversation is not because they're concerned about you. They're just concerned about who? Themselves. Where does that kind of relationship go? Nowhere. In fact, you're like, how can I get out of the room? How can I end this conversation? Because it's all about who? Them. And and you're like looking down at your watch, or if your phone is there, I'm I'm checking the email, or, or did, oh, I got a message. Excuse me for a moment, because their conversation isn't that important, because it's all about who? Them. What they can get from it. See, if we approach a prayer that way, it's meaningless, isn't it? It's meaningless. Here's the third thing I want you to see from this passage. Prayer becomes an issue of talking at God. Notice I use the word at. Prayer becomes an issue of talking at God. Look at verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do or the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Ever went and talked to somebody and and they're just talking at you and they're like repeating the same things over and over again and you're just going crazy talking with them? It's like, can you please be quiet for a moment? I heard you. 
And they're just talking at you. Some people's approach to God is, God, I need you to do this. And Lord, and Lord, and Lord. They keep making these vain repetitions. It's an issue of talking at God, not with God. It's not an issue of talking with God. It's an issue of talking at God. Let me just stop for a moment. If that was describing a relationship you had right now, would you just say it was healthy? Where the focus is you, where the focus is just simply an exercise, where the focus is simply talking at someone, folks, we would say there is no relationship there, right? Because relationships, if you want to write this down, relationships are two-way. Relationships are two-way. The wrong approach is that prayer becomes an issue of talking at God. Well, and then finally, can I be honest with you? Prayer becomes an instrument of manipulation. Prayer becomes an instrument of manipulation. Verse 8, Jesus says this, Therefore, do not be like them. What? Verse 7, They think that they will be heard for their many words. Gentiles in their practices that is, pagan Gentiles in their practices would, would do things to try to manipulate the gods into doing what they wanted them to do. You know what? We're just like that. We'll, we'll manipulate God. If you help me with this, I will do that. Ever do, ever told the Lord that? Lord, if you help me with this, I'll help every old lady put away their cart at Walmart. And have you noticed God answers and the next day there's like 50 old ladies at Walmart struggling with their cart and you're like, should I help them? You were manipulative. You're being manipulative. Let's be honest, we're manipulators when it comes to prayer, isn't it? We even think, I mean, think this is the ultimate manipulation. I'm going to go pray later and this is what I'm going to say to him. You ever done that? With a relationship, Lori's mad at me. If I go and buy her this, that favorite candy bar, and if I go and do this, whatever the chore is around the house that you've ignored for the longest time, then I'll talk to her. See, this is what we do. Is we, it, With any human relationship, manipulation doesn't work, does it? It actually gets you in more trouble, right? But prayer, the wrong approach to prayer is, is that we need God to do this thing so we will manipulate him. Jesus says, don't be like that. That's the wrong approach. That's the wrong approach to prayer. That's the wrong approach to any relationship, folks. When you have a relationship where you approach communication that way, it's not going anywhere, is it? But isn't it interesting that Jesus, when he tells us not to approach prayer this way, he gives us a couple of things to focus on to help us to see what the right approach is. In fact, I want, you to, I want you to notice with me, this passage is very familiar. And he's going to say a couple of things that we've kind of gotten distracted from 
as far as what he's saying from what the overall principle is. I want to show you what the overall principle is because we can get distracted by the details. Look with me, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room. The old King James would say your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I, I can remember years ago being in, in the little independent Baptist church that, that uh, I became a part of when I got saved. Back in West Columbia, South Carolina, we used the King James Bible and we heard about closet. And you talk about going and praying in a closet. And I kept remembering in my mind thinking about somehow I had to squeeze into my closet with all of my stinky shoes and get on my knees and pray. And that's and, and, and that was my concept then, but a lot of times I heard about going into the closet. First of all, let me explain to you, the word there means room, not closet. The King James writer English, when they wrote the word closet, was they had the word closet, was, it was a room. It was not the kind of closet that you and I have now. How can you say that, George? Well, if you've ever been to Europe, you know that they don't have closets. They have wardrobes. It's a piece of furniture where you hang your clothes in the wardrobe. Closet comes from the old English, meaning a private room. But in the Greek, it means the inner room. You go in your inner room. You go into a private room. Why? Well, here's what I want you to see. Prayer must be seen as a time of intimacy with God. The reality of this opened up to me here, here recently. I've been, uh, I guess I never really paid attention to it. I thought about it with regards to my uh, courtship with Lori and my dating relationship with Lori, but I, I've been observing dating couples. And, and if everyone here, if, if you're married, you can think about what I'm saying. You know, there are times when you do group things together, or especially with family when you're dating, okay? But have you noticed that what dating couples will eventually do is they've had enough of the group thing, they're glad to be able to do the group thing, but they just want to spend time, what, together and talk. So what will they do? They will always separate and go somewhere private so that they can what? Talk. Why? Because that's intimacy. Jesus is saying, look, when you pray, you get alone with me. You get alone with God. Why? So that there can be what? Intimacy. So that you can have a private conversation with God. Because have you noticed couples, you know, they get, when, when you, when you got a dating couple or something or even a, a newlywed couple and they just want to be together, even with a clan, you, you know, and, 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 and cousin so and so, goofy kid, preteen comes over and sits next to them. They get all, they get all flustered because they got their conversation interrupted. Why? Because they were talking private things, and here's goofball cousin Joe comes and sits near them. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen it. Maybe you were goofball cousin Joe, and you wondered why your cousin and her boyfriend were like, get out of here. 
because there was intimacy there. See, this is what the proper approach is. Are you saying I should get alone, separate from everybody? Yes, that's what he's talking about. When you pray to God, it's not about you, the big show, and what it's about you and God getting alone and talking. Getting away from the distractions. It's getting alone with him. Here's the second thing. In fact, it, it brings out the whole concept of what a relationship is, about the intimacy. Look with me in verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Here's what I want you to see. Prayer must be the center of your relationship with God. See, prayer is not going to him all the time and and, and asking him for things because the reality is Jesus is making us aware here that you need to realize he already knows everything that's going on in your life. So don't spend your time there. Just spend time with who? Him. I remember when I was dating Lori, you know, I was just a poor college student, graduate student in seminary, and I remember calling her up and asking her for a date, and I wanted to take her. I don't even remember what the restaurant's name was in town. I wanted to take her to this nice restaurant. Now, this would have just... That, that would have been a hardship for me. I wasn't making much. And I remember calling her on the phone, and I said to her, hey, would you like me, can I take you to her there? And she said, you don't have to do that, because she knew that I didn't have much. Because she had ridden with me to the point where I ran out of gas. And, and, and she thought it was funny that I would always run out of gas, and, and I knew that there was this, this loop that would swing out on the 29, and, and then I would begin praying for green lights to be able to coast into the Texaco station. And just as we would coast in, the truck would cut out. And then I would get out, and I'd only put $5 in. And she's like, why isn't he filling this up? Because all I had was $5. Do you know what I'm saying? All I had was $5, but I wanted to take her out. And here's what she said to me. She said, you don't have to take me to that restaurant. We can have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I just want to spend time with you. I still took her to the restaurant. I don't like peanut butter and jelly, okay? So, I mean, because I, I got a burger, okay? What was the most important thing? Spending time. Here, here's what this passage is saying, okay? If, if we could say it in George... Georgies. Jesus is saying to us, don't spend all your time telling me about your problems. I already know what they are. I just want to spend time with you. That's what he's saying here. It's not about manipulation. Don't be like them, trying to get my attention with all this stuff. Don't, don't, don't even bother spending a whole lot of time talking to me about what your issues are. I already know what they are. I just want to spend time with you.
the heart of God. Is that not awesome? He wants to spend time with you. You. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.